Welcome back to Call Me By Your Game, the podcast where I, your host, Connor McCabe, bring on a guest to hear from them about a meaningful video game from their past. And normally on the show, I just bring on one person to hear from them about this special time and place of when a game impacted them. But this is a special episode, one of our monthly co-op series where I bring on a couple people uh, and hear from them uh, in more of a roundtable style discussion about what this game means to us. Uh, So more of a group episode uh, for those of you out there. So if you like the one-on-one dates, sorry, you're going to be... you're going to be disappointed momentarily and then thrilled moving forward. Um, uh, a few things up top uh, is that because this is a co-op episode, normally these only release on our Patreon uh, at the $10 DJ Toad tier once a month. Um, you've probably heard the previews for them, uh, but this is a release to everyone. So if you're hearing this, I, I don't you could you could be from any corner of the earth on any podcatcher. Uh, But thank you for listening to this. If you want to learn a little bit more about myself and the network that we have of all of our other shows and the bonus content we have, you can find us at patreon.com slash super NPC radio. And that's NPC like a non-player character. Um, And if you like the show, you can rate and review it on Apple Podcasts. If you leave us a a nice review that's uh, not mean-spirited, which is... I tempt fate all the time, but that hasn't happened yet. I'll read it on the show. Um, you can also share the show with a friend, whether they love video games in general or the specific game we're talking about uh, today. And we're on social media on both Instagram at Call Me By Your Game Pod and on Twitter at Call Me By Your Game. But there's just one Y there, so it's B Y O U R. But again, thank you for listening to uh, the 29th co-op episode of the series. Um, all about today, we'll be covering. The Last Guardian. Uh, but I can't do this alone. Uh, I mean, I could, but it would be pretty boring to just listen to me talk to myself. So I have two wonderful guests uh, for today. Uh, not a first-timer on the show, but a first-timer to the co-op series. Uh, Courtney Venez, welcome to the microphone. Hi, Connor. How are you? Thank you so much for having me. Hey, I'm so I'm so good. It's good to see you. Do I see a cup of coffee uh, or tea mm. oh, in your hand? Oh, you see a cup of coffee, and you also oh, see festive. a French press of coffee. So <laughs> I came prepared because for some reason I decided to tell you I wanted to record at 9 a.m. on a Saturday. Hey, well, that's just what we get for living in L.A., baby. We get the we get the sun bright and early. Um, well, I love seeing you in your festive cup. This is great. Uh, before we talk a little bit about more of what you do or who you are, I want to introduce our other guest to the microphone as well. We'll see if there's any hot beverages over there. Jacob Geller, welcome to the show. Hello. Glad to be here. Uh, I only have a cold beverage, and it's water, so not particularly interesting. Good for you. Good for, you know no, what? good for you. Water is, I should be also, drinking it's, water. Also, it's noon on the East Coast, so <laughs> like we're, we're out of the morning slowness. Well, hey, I'm proud of you for hydrating. You're taking care of yourself. That's all I can. In fact, I can't really ask you to do anything because I barely know you. So that would be a little presumptuous. (laughs) Um, But I want to hear a little bit about uh, anything you two have been up to, what you want to share with the listeners about yourselves. Courtney, um, we'll start with you since you're a returning guest. Uh, I mean, even though I could tell everyone what you do and who you are, uh, how might people know you? What do you want to share about yourself? Um, Oh, gosh. Okay. Well, uh, I'm an actor. Um, my biggest role was doing some, to date, uh, was doing some voice work for a little game called Hades, uh, where I was the voice of Dusa and Aphrodite. Um, a little tiny game. Just, just a little, just a little tiny, tiny game. Tiny game. Um, <laughs> I also, uh, okay, I haven't done it in a minute, but I, I will do it again. I 
uh, stream on Twitch. You can catch me at uh, twitch.tv slash Cortenberry, um, where you'll probably catch me playing Slay the Spire. Uh, but again, I moved a few weeks ago and I just haven't gotten around to streaming. But I've also been busy doing actory stuff. And, and model stuff. And model stuff. Uh, yeah, I moved to L.A. to do comedy. And then I started like. I just started booking modeling things and I was like, not right. (laughs) This is weird. Um, My dog is in the background right now. I thought that was important for this episode. It is. Um, is. What else have I been up to? Right now, honestly, my brain is on vacation time because I leave tomorrow for Hawaii. And so, and you're like, what have you been doing? And I'm like, I don't know, thinking about Hawaii. (laughs) That's that's it. But yeah, uh, actor, uh, voice actor, occasional streamer. I miss streaming Heck, very much. And you're a, you're a writer. Oh yeah, I'm a writer with you, Connor, and yes. uh, just an all around ding dong. So enough about me. Well, hey, uh, all around ding dong. Thank you so much for making it here. One of my good friends, uh, and I'm really excited that uh, you wanted to talk about this game today. So thanks for being here, uh, Jacob Geller. Uh, share a little bit about yourself with the listener. What do you do? What do you want the people to know about you? Hi, okay, so I'm, uh, let's see, primarily a a video essayist, I guess is like the prestigious term. I like, I make videos and I put them on YouTube, but they're all very scripted and produced and whatever, and so video essay is the more prestigious term. Not enough, I um, guess, uh, of the uh, sort of thumbnails where you're making a face like, like yeah, that. Yeah, the Mr. I'm sure the listener like, knows what I'm doing. Yeah. <laughs> I should I should do that. It seems to work for him. Um, <laughs> no, so I yeah I I write about games and and other stuff and kind of connect you know connect games and art and history and and various different topics on my channel. I just uh, wrote about the game Immortality, which is yes. a very very good game that came out this year. Um, other than that, I I am a frequent contributor to the podcast MinMax. Um, I sometimes write things for Polygon. I'm just kind of in the games, like the talking about games sphere. Yeah. Um, uh, and I really love The Last Guardian. And so it's like, you know, not not to like, to, you know, pat myself on the back too much. But like people ask me to be on podcasts pretty frequently. Yeah. <laughs> and most of them, I do not say yes. But one to talk about The Last Guardian. I was like, oh, I'm here. I'm ready. <laughs> I'm glad. You know, it's. You know, having done this uh, this show for what will be three years as of tomorrow, um, which is me patting myself on the back, uh, I, like, will very rarely reach out to people I don't know, even people that are, like, a degree away from me. Like, we have, like, I have close friends who uh, do big video game podcasts with other people that I would like to ask on, but I'm like, you know, I'm going to wait till I organically meet. Uh, that being said, this was a different case where, like we were talking about, I th- I'm pretty sure before we started rolling, uh, it's all it all just uh, you know blends together at this point when you're having fun. Um, I knew you were a fan of uh, Fumito Ueda and this game, and so I was like, you know what, we're gonna take a stab, and uh, and here we are. But let it be a cautionary tale to anyone out there: don't do that, or or do who knows. <laughs> Look, if I if I don't want to do it, I'll just uh, very politely ignore the DM, and no yes. one's feelings get hurt. That's that's the right way. To that do is it. the right also, way. Also, my dog is immediately below <gasps> oh, the camera, oh. so uh, we we're we're all dogged up. And 
that's a last guardian I print was immediately that. behind I was, I me. I recognize so that right off the bat. I didn't I was put like, that <gasps> here for the recording. That just is always, always there. there. That's so good. <laughs> I thought I recognized that tail. That's gorgeous. Uh, Whereas, Connor, you have the uh, hideous American <laughs> eco box art immediately behind you. See, I either had the choice. I was like, hmm, I'll either put the PS2 ugly version of the eco cover here or the very tiny PS3 uh, combination disc of Lascar or of eco and then shadow. Uh, and I went with the with the worst looking one. Oh yeah. Um, and my uh, I don't have a dog, but my cat is not in this room because if I try to, even if she's like asleep on the couch, if I start recording something in here, she knows and she'll immediately get up and go to the door and just <laughs> want out. So, um, so Daphne, uh, shout she shout hates out to podcasts. you. Podcasts. Yeah. She... she is often wondering what I'm doing in here. Uh, but. Thank you to uh, so much for sharing about yourselves. Um, anything that you uh, have shared or want to plug throughout the show at the beginning or end, I'll put in the show notes so people can just click an easy link and they can uh, follow you and support you. Um, so as we get into the show and we do our uh, roundtable discussion on The Last Guardian, I want to start by setting the table and talking a little bit about what this game is. Um, because, uh, you know, people could be hopping onto this episode because they get this, uh, this, this show downloaded to their podcatcher and not be familiar. But, uh, and again, if either of you two want to, uh, add or interrupt at any time, please do. Cause I'm going to be giving a very, uh, bare bones, uh, uh, and full transparency Wikipedia intro on what this game is. Um, so by all means, uh, but I will kick us off, uh, with this. The Last Guardian is a 2016 action-adventure game developed by Japan Studio and Gen Design and published by Sony Interactive Entertainment for the PlayStation 4. Players control a boy who befriends a giant half-bird, half-mammal creature, Trico, who, uh, affectionately to my girlfriend when referring to this game the last few weeks, I have been referring to as a, a dog-bird uh, cat game, and she's very, <laughs> she's very much understood what I meant by that. Um, and as you play the game, uh, sometimes I'm seeing more of a dog than a cat. It, it just depends. Um, uh, Team Eco began developing The Last Guardian in 2007, uh, and it was designed and directed by Fumito Ueda, and it shares stylistic, thematic, and gameplay elements with his previous games that we've already mentioned today, Eco and Shadow of the Colossus. Uh, he began, uh, and he employed the, the design through subtraction approach, that he had used in his previous games, uh, removing elements that did not contribute to the core theme of the connection between the boy and Trico. Uh, Sony announced The Last Guardian at E3 2009 uh, and planned a release for 2011 for the PlayStation 3. Now, this is something that uh, I have been very lucky going into just about all three of these games, with some exception uh, with Shadow, that I almost knew nothing about them. Uh, very, very little. Have Even having seen some of your b videos before, Jacob, so it's amazing that I was able to stay away. Um, I did not know about this tumultuous uh, development oh history. Oh, boy. And that it spans yes. several consoles. It's, I mean, as so as someone who is, you know, like... Uh, 1% of the world's fans on Shadow of the Colossus. I was like following yeah. this very closely uh -huh. and it was uh just like every year it'd be like are we going to see the last guardian? Nope, another year goes oh. by, empty E3s, you know, nothing at Tokyo Game Show and then there would be like a hint where it's like they've 
they've laid off like 30% of their staff or they're no longer working on it. Like it really seemed like a game that was canceled many, many times. Uh, and then it just came out, <laughs> which is wild. Yeah. Um, but like there, there are all these stories about the development where it's like, yeah, supposedly it was supposed to come out on the PS3, but like the trailer that they had for the PS3, they had to run like they they played the trailer at half speed in game and then doubled it to actually show it because it just could not even hit 30 frames per second. Um, and so like it, you know, credit credit to Fumito Ueda seemingly knew exactly what he wanted to do and needed to wait uh, two console generations for the the tech to catch up with it. Yeah, just so surprising. I even just coming into today, I really tried to stay away from like uh, more essay discussions or like theories or anything people think about this game because I'm trying to give my 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 honest, uh, uh, unadulterated thoughts and feelings about it. But that was something I wanted to learn about, and sh- turns out there's a ton of history. Uh, Courtney, did you know at all about how nuts this was for no, this game? No, I had no idea, uh, and it doesn't show because the game was so good. But no, I hadn't. I had. I didn't know anything about the game going into it. It was truly just a game my husband picked up for me. Uh, he was just like. I think you're really going to like this game. And I was like, what? Oh. Okay. Uh, and yeah, he was very right. Uh, so. he, and that's that's a story of marriage right there. He knows you perfectly well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, he did a good job with that one. It made me cry a lot, which I didn't appreciate. Uh, but no, I went, mm, drop, what's the hot goss? Well, I feel yeah, like I mean, you, you kind of covered it, but by all means, if you got more details. Yeah, well, what's what's cool, I guess, about, about, like, if you kind of look at the whole history is, like, if you watch the first, there was actually, I believe there was a leaked trailer before it officially, oh, wow. officially was announced, and maybe they would have kept it under wraps for longer if that wasn't leaked, because I think when that came out, it was, like, nowhere near completion. Mm-hmm. Um but what's neat is even in those original trailers, you're like, this is the game. Like, Trico looks exactly the same. The yeah. the boy looks pretty much the same. The world design has, like, exactly the same aesthetic. You know, it's like they – the vision for what the game is seemingly almost, like, never deviated from, you know, the original thought. And really it was just, like – the technical hurdles were mm-hmm. so high and like you know we'll get into it this game still does not run well like yeah. on a ps4 you know it's like it still really feels like it's struggling but um actually this was it was it, to go into his history a little bit it's like the same was true of shadow of the colossus you yeah. know shadow of the colossus ran on the ps2 at like 15 frames per second but it was showing you the craziest thing you would ever seen on the ps2 so it was like well i forgive it because i'm fighting a thing the size of a skyscraper um and it is it is something that i kind of like about uh you know i don't know if it's just fumitu ueda or the kind of gen design ethos of like performance can be sacrificed for the sake of doing the really hard thing that we want to do yeah there's there's a lot of games that will do that and i'm not satisfied or i'm critical of it i mean heck we're seeing 
were like very much just on the tail of the release of Pokemon Scarlet and Violet, and that's like half of the discussion about how poorly those game run games run and how how they are just a total mess. But for this, yeah, kind of like how when I first played like Ocarina of Time, I was like, I don't care that Link's moving across this field or in this area at 15 frames per second. I'm in. Uh, mm-hmm. So yeah, there's a lot of uh, it's it's strange that. It still works, um, and it worked for me. Um, but yeah, thank you for diving into some of that history for us uh, because I was really wanting to touch on it. Uh, but um, just sort of as we wrap up this, just setting the table, um, uh, we are, we already talked about how the the it was announced at E3 2009, and I saw the same trailer and was like, wow, this looks like kind of what I just played on my PS5 in a way. Um, originally planned for 2011 release, uh, we talked about the numerous delays, but it eventually uh, came out in uh, 2016. Uh, let's see the, I'm sure the exact date's right here. Uh, worldwide, yeah, December 6th, uh, 2016. Um, uh, as far as uh, just getting into setting the table a little more, maybe there's some gameplay stuff we want to talk about, but if either of you, anything comes to mind to you too, before we talk about our histories with it, please do. Yeah, you play this boy who is essentially uh, leading or in tandem with this this giant mammal, uh, trying to, you're doing puzzle platforming throughout this world, trying to reach what I'm not even sure you know what the end is, but you're trying to get out of this area that you are unfamiliar with, that you are clearly not native to. Um, You, there's kind of like both uh, Shadow and Eco, there's very minimal things that you do. There's a few buttons that you can press to, to you know, interact with the creature or your environment or items. Um, but yeah, it's just you sort of, you know, without saying too much, it's you getting through this space uh, and sussing out each puzzle as you go through. Um, any, any more details we should give about, like, just what it is or have we sort of covered it? I mean, I think I think it's important to to talk about just in terms of like how it plays, because it also it ties into uh, when people get frustrated about this game. Yes, it's primarily with one thing, which is that uh, you directly control the boy. You do not directly control the massive cat bird dog. (laughs) And and like a real animal, it does not take directions particularly quickly or consistently and so like most of the puzzles hinge on you convincing it to do something and even if you know exactly what you want it to do uh getting it there is is often really challenging yes there's some like directing you can do there's some uh there's a whole button for calling the animal and then that can be used to point certain directions uh, sometimes you need to motivate it or get it spirit up by giving it a tasty, tasty barrel, uh, which, wow, well, can't, can't, having just finished the game, can't wait to get into that. <laughs> uh, uh, so, yeah, but it it's funny because getting into this game, I had heard, a, what I had heard about the game was a lot of that frustration of, oh, man, it's so tough to control. And I think I got, I had a really fortunate experience where through most of my playthrough, it wasn't seamless, but it was fairly in a in a fairly quick amount of time. Trico would listen or would go where I was hoping he would go, um, until like there was like I remember one area specifically, and it 
in reality was like maybe five minutes but i remember being like oh this is what i've heard about uh just in a in a not even a a big cinematic area or like one of the big moments of the game it was just a little cave i was in uh courtney um do you remember anything at all about your experience just like controlling the beast or did yes. was it positive like uh, i'd love to hear okay so i at the time i played it i hadn't played like a lot of games and i was you know kind of like a like Awkward. I was a little clunky with my gameplay anyway. So mm. I don't think at the time I realized that, like, because oh. I know people were having, like, issues, like, oh, my God, like, like I know people complained about, like, the, like, camera angles and managing that. Um, and so I just kind of blamed myself. Uh, I was like, <laughs> no, okay, I'm not great at this. But, yeah, I think I, uh, I think I was also very charmed by the fact that it wasn't easy to control yeah. the animal because I always grew up with animals. And so that was realistic to me and at that oh. point in time i think i had mostly only had cats uh and so it just felt like a cat who like sometimes listens sometimes doesn't like oh do you have a treat so, like that'll make a big yeah. difference um and so i mean a huge reason why i like connected so much with this game was just the fact that they really nailed like the animal parts of this character and it yeah. was so so it just it automatically it felt like a pet right out the gate like a little creature that you just want to bond with and and you know like heal and help and um oh boy yeah it was uh it just it felt so like, but like, I don't know. I just remember the animation when it would like roll around and shake itself off. Like all of that was just so good uh, yeah. that I think I was more, I think I was mostly just taken away with like, oh, they really made this seem like an animal, uh, not an animal in a video game. Interesting. Uh, that's, I didn't even realize we we're going to get such a unique perspective from you. And I didn't realize it was in a time where you weren't playing as many games as you are now. So that's, that's really fun and exciting, and you were sharing some stuff I want to get into a little more, uh, a lot later, because it's a few of the big thoughts I had. Um, so great. So it feels like we've, uh, and again, if more things come up, feel free to add to this, YouTube. But uh, I want to hear about how we got into, like, even played this game in the first place briefly. Courtney, you already sort of shared that uh, your husband brought this to you. Have you happened to play... Uh, either Eco or Shadow of the Colossus before? No, and I heard of okay. Shadow of the Colossus before I even played this game. Like a coworker was like, "Oh, you would love it. You should play it." And I'm I'm actually really bad with video game recommendations. Um, <laughs> I don't know what it is. If somebody like recommends something to me, I'm usually kind of like, "No." That's also another reason that, that like this game was kind of surprising because my husband has recommended so many games to me, and then I'm like, mm, "No, whatever. I'll play what I want when I want." Uh, and it's funny because for years he was he was like you should play Slay the Spire. Like, that's so up your alley. And I was like, shut up. <laughs> you know, like, you don't know me. And now it's like my favorite game ever. Um, and I play it all the time on like three different consoles. So, um, mm. but yeah, so I'd heard of Shadow of the Colossus and I still haven't played it, uh, but I'm, look, I'm well, about hey. to have some free time in December. So, you know, it's out there. It's pretty accessible, especially, I know you've got a PlayStation 5. I, I think, uh, I'm sure the remastered version is like $20 or less if you feel like playing it. Uh, but uh, thank you, Courtney. Um, Jacob, I don't know your history exactly with the, I guess, the series, uh, if you can call it that. But I'd love yeah. to hear oh, about that. It's, uh, it's, it's a big one for me. <laughs> I mean, like, I, it, it, it feels almost, like, cliche because a lot of people have this story. But, like, 
playing Shadow of the Colossus, which I did when I was like 11 or 12 years old, wow. I think, was kind of the big like games are art moment just like in my brain, which, yes. you know, now now I am kind of more on the side of like games don't have to be good to be art art isn't like a pedestal it's just <laughs> a category you know whatever but th that being said shadow of the colossus is so kind of like striking and has so many kind of like artistic decisions where it's like this wasn't done because it's fun necessarily it's done because of like the emotional impact um and so that that really f kind of feels like a you know like very important point in my life as someone who now like talks about games as art uh, for a living yeah. um i have a shadow of the colossus tattoo uh, i have a different print of it that i can like see over oh, wow. it's like it's a big one and then what i will say is that i think that shadow of the colossus and eco and the last guardian are almost exactly as good as each other like i truly cannot pick a favorite and and i like you know will will constantly kind of reorder my like my rankings of them where i just i think they are all these incredibly unique singular experiences so yeah even though even though fumito ueda has only made like three games like he's my guy you know yeah. it's like i really if if i had to kind of like point to someone in the games industry who has kind of shaped how i think about games it, it's him yeah that's a that's amazing uh you, you even talking about ranking these games having played one of each of these in the last three years somehow like played shadow two years ago eco last year and now the last guardian i was thinking about that myself i was like hmm, how would i order these games i was like i think it'd be like this but it could feel differently tomorrow and I was very mm -hmm. pleased to have a similar feeling to you because, uh, you know, just knowing that this was the most recent game he had made, like having no idea how it actually held up. But I agree. Um, I'm I ended up loving this uh, as much as I could have hoped for. Um, but uh, awesome. Uh, so for me, yeah, I kind of given my history already. If the people listen to this show, they will probably know. Uh, played played the la uh the shadow of the colossus a couple times the way i heard about it uh is uh, gonna feel a little cliche as well where i saw the movie uh rain over me uh in i don't know 2008 or something and uh i remember seeing this game on the screen and being like that looks i was just a nintendo kid somehow didn't know about this but still was fascinated wouldn't play it until 2020 um, can, for for people who maybe aren't familiar, can you give like a 10 second summary of like what Rain Over Me is? Because that is yes. a, I was about a to nuts Google it. like movie. <laughs> yes. Uh, Rain Over Me, and please feel free to add, uh, is a movie about a man who reconnects with a friend who has, I believe, lost his wife and a child? Or oh just my God. Yeah, to, uh, to the September 11th uh, attacks in, in New York City. And uh, this character played by adam sandler is uh throughout the game playing shadow of the colossus a game where you take down giants uh statuesque in, in an attempt to resurrect like a loved one yes you know so it's it's 
it's just like i can't it's one of those things that sounds like you made it up yeah. of like oh yeah you don't remember the movie where adam sandler's family died in 9 11 and he couldn't stop playing shadow of the colossus oh, like that's a god. that's a real movie that exists oh my god yes oh my god uh, I remember being very impacted by it when I was like 17 or however old I was when I saw it. So I don't know how it holds up now based on how we like the the details that I'm, you know, now faced with. I'm like, hmm, doesn't seem like it could be that good. But uh, I don't know. Have you seen this recently, Jacob? I haven't seen it since. like No, I. Yeah, I. it's like I've I have seen it at some point in my life, but uh, have yes. no idea. A weird fun fact about it, though, is that. uh the magazine Game Informer made a custom cover for that movie where they never oh. actually had Shadow of the Colossus on the cover, but they like wanted a scene where yes. there was a Game Informer with Shadow of the Colossus. And so they like made it's just it's so it, especially in the time before like video games were really like talked about in movies, yeah. especially as like a serious, you know, a thing that you could connect to 9-11. Yes, <laughs> it's just it's just kind of wild. Um, anyway, yeah. please, please go on. No, it's okay. It It is very wild, though. Uh, and it just, that, that brings up a whole nother discussion that is neither here nor there. I'm just thinking about, like, oh, video games being portrayed in media, but also, like, fictional video games or fictional stuff like that fake cover. It's it's a whole, mm-hmm. that's a whole uh, side episode we'll do. Uh, anyway, so that's how I discovered this game. Uh, was, like, sort of... Um, uh, a, a, like a mystic game in my mind for so many years of something that I was so interested by. Uh, played it in like the summer of 2020. Absolutely adored it. Played it again that fall where we did a co-op episode uh, two years ago this month with a wonderful crew on it as well. Uh, and then played Eco the next spring um, on the PlayStation 2. Like couldn't believe how much I loved that. And then finally... Uh, when I was trying to think of a game to do for this month's co-op episode, because I like to these to be somewhat diverse genres of games and styles and lengths, uh, I I was like, wait, why don't I finally just play the the final game, final game, the third game from Fumito Ueda? Uh, so here we are. But that's my history. Um, let's get into it though. Let's talk about now. Um, now that we've set the table, uh, anything we want about this game. Um, one thing that I want to talk about, which the Courtney was sort of getting us into, which ended up being really powerful, and I couldn't believe that they accomplished this, was the connection that I felt to Trico as the boy in this game. Uh, you know, sh- certainly there's a connection at the beginning, but by the end, I just couldn't believe how much I was like feeling for this character when certain moments would happen, uh, whether it be a moment of growth, a moment of, like, separation, whatever. Um, I'm assuming that this may uh, resonate with one or more of you. Courtney, you had sort of talked about it a little bit. Oh, my God. Uh, I'm just a big old animal lover, and, like, <laughs> I just... I I don't know. I'm just one of those people that's it's always, like... Other humans are difficult, and I'm awkward around them, but I've always been really good with animals. Um... And so, yeah, this was, and it also, okay, 
I'm not going to get emotional. Um, this I played this game at a time when my cat was getting old and had like a lot of health issues. And she, her mm-hmm. like she once had this like really beautiful like fluffy coat, and then her coat was not like as great anymore. She was like diabetic, and her coat looked so much like Trico's fur. Oh my and, gosh! Like, I, and I was just I was truly just like you know I was coming to terms with her mortality. And the good news is she lived for quite a few more years uh, mm. after this game. Um, or like three more years. So like, but I was still like kind of dealing with her mortality and I'm just like playing this game. And like, there were just so many like little moments, like these tiny animal moments, like clearly like the animators and the people who made this game, like, like had experience, like, you know, like with this very, like, not just like artistically, um, not just this artistic understanding of how animals move, but it was just like how their personality comes out um, and how humans connect with them. And it was, oh man, it got me. It just like really got me. This was a game like I thought about like so, so much um, and was just like so obsessed with and was just like, I'd play for a bit and I'd seriously just like pause to go and like pick up my cat and like walk around (laughs) with her. And it was just like my baby, (laughs) I love you. but yeah, and like it's funny because of revisiting, like watching, you know, some of the gameplay. Um, there's a lot in this this game that I don't think I. If someone was like, "Oh yeah, it's like a platformer," at that point in time, like I still to this day like really struggle with like platforming aspects. Like I'm not the most agile mm-hmm. gamer, and I don't even think I like thought twice about that because I was so just like emotionally connected to this game and I cared so much about the story and I cared so much about the characters uh, that I was able to sort of just like, I was like, yeah, 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 well, fine, whatever. I'll do the, <laughs> the the platforming thing. It also had, it was also puzzle heavy, but we can get into that later because right now we're talking about Trico. Um, but like but yeah. you said, the force of will just like forced you through like, you know, your uh, sort of bounds as a gamer at that time to just, you're like, I'm going to see this through. Yeah, and I don't even think I like even thought of it that way. It was just like, yeah. okay, fine, I have to do this thing. And I think like I have... I am easily distracted if something, if like a game doesn't like really hook me in, I have a hard time continuing with it. The same thing with books. Um, Like I just sort of like zone out and this, like it was just funny to go back and be like, did I really do like, oh wow, I finished like that whole game. Like uh, this was uh, especially at the point in time where I was like, I finished a game? That's shocking. Like how did I, (laughs) how did I do that? Like one from a skill level and two from like an attention level um but yeah man trico is like such a special such a special video game character to me um so i'm i'm just happy to be here to talk about him i'm glad yeah, Any thoughts from of, you? yeah i think i mean it's like there there are so many like trico is just such kind of a, a monumental accomplishment of like of like so many different parts of like game making but like the fact that like Everyone who has an animal recognizes some part of Trico's animation. You know, like the fact that like when when you scratch him, it I don't know, in in different places, like he reacts differently. And it's like, I know when like when when the boy scratches Trico's neck, Trico does the thing that my dog does when I scratch her <laughs> neck, you know, the kind of like like turning, <laughs> turning their head sideways or whatever. And and the kind of just it, it, it's one of it's one of the things that like makes the the conversation about Trico's not responsive and it's frustrating 
conversation complicated because it's like if you if you made this animal immediately responsive and just like just did the things that you wanted it to do like all the magic would vanish you know it is mm-hmm. so important to it that it like has its own will and its own kind of motivations and feels like you are constantly wrestling with you know like with with four other things that it's interested in doing and it kind of like sometimes it really pays attention to you and sometimes it just doesn't at all um my my own animal story about trico is uh i played this probably maybe even in like the same year that i got tori my dog who's, who's no longer behind me and and uh was was truly kind of emotionally leveled by this game because like tori had as a puppy very strong uh aggression issues like mm-hmm. i don't know what her you know her past was before i picked her up but clearly there was some like food insecurity there or whatever and so the story of this game including several segments where trico kind of gets brainwashed and attacks you and then feels really bad about it and clearly you know was kind of like i didn't want to like i don't know why i did that Mm -hmm. this is just like my animal brain that i even i can't control and then like ultimately where the story ends up and whatever was just like so seemed so like you know laser pointed at me and like the emotions (laughs) that i was feeling about my animal at the time that i was really i was like i can't believe that this is the story that they're telling specifically (laughs) That'll make you feel like you're living in a simulation. Like one of your favorite and most personal game creators is, is the culmination of his three games are is this one for you. That's yeah. that's so interesting. Yeah, I mean I I um, also think it's just that thing of like when you own a pet, you feel like your pet is the most like special, unique thing in the world. And like probably everyone yes. kind of has the same feelings about how their pet is the most. So it's like I felt like it was about my dog, but I think everyone kind of felt like it was about their animal in one way or another. That's fair. That's totally true. Uh, I don't remember which one of you was saying it, but you're like almost anyone could see their pets pet in Trico or their animal, whether it be you have a have a dog or a cat or like I have a few friends who are bird people so they can even see their birds in Trico a little bit shout out to you Jessica Svenskar <laughs> that's there. exactly who I thought of too yes <laughs> I was like, yes uh, you know who I was talking about um so yeah that's so interesting and it's very as you two were talking I was just thinking about and I think Jacob you were getting into this too with the talking about the game making a bit was how they accomplished this and and Courtney sort of added to this as well it was it's a combination of things it's it's the animation it's like the nature the nature of the beast uh just how it operates the relationship you have with it um and so there's probably way more factors that i'm not thinking of but it the the trico really is the game and it's so amazing that they were able to accomplish this and pull this creature off but yeah as we and we can get into you there's no no worries about spoilers or anything I'll, I'll say right now that like it if you're listening to this episode it is quite likely or possible you're going to get some spoilers for this game so if you're not worried about that continue on your way listening to us if not maybe put us on pause play the game and come back um i just wanted to give you two free reign that like at any time 
if that's coming up, don't feel like you have to hold it back. Uh, but that connection with, I say that because that connection with Trico uh, in so many moments, including the most emotional ones, I just like couldn't believe that they got me to a place that I was feeling like that. When my actual cat is like sitting, sleeping behind me on the couch, <laughs> uh, just so, so interesting. Um, uh, and if I've got a few topics that I, that I wanted to bring up, but I did want to leave some space too for either of you, if you had an aspect of the game or your connection with it, uh, to talk about as well. Um, so I just want to leave that to either of you. Otherwise I just, I can just go down my list. Yeah. I'm, I'm sure we'll, we'll just run into them as, as you start going down. Okay, cool. Um, well, one thing that I, I did not expect to think about in this game. And in fact, only thought about it a few moments, I think because of how the story was structured, was, um, and I don't really even have the exact wording for this correctly yet, but was uh, just the the sort of at odds um, relationship between like sort of nature and like society almost. And this was something that I was thinking about a lot more. Um, so in this game, you're obviously, you're with Trico the whole time. There are a few moments uh, throughout the story before, you know, the final act, really, where you are seeing other Tricos, other big bird, cat, dog, uh, mammal things uh, throughout the world. Um, and they kind of like Trico when you first see him and other points in the game are interact uh, hostily towards you uh, and towards Trico. Um, and something that I couldn't just help but think of, especially as we get further into the story, was how because there's this scene where you are they are fighting on the series of bridges in that tower um and uh, and again i just played this game i finished it wednesday night just crying my eyes out so i remember this very vividly but uh i just couldn't help i was feeling so conflicted because i want to save trico but also i was just like but that that trico he could be good too uh, it was such a simple thought, but I couldn't just help but feel empathy for these other characters. And now, I mean that like that scene is really upsetting in a yeah. way that I feel like a, a, a lot of games don't get to, where it doesn't it doesn't feel like it's like oh this is a boss fight. It's like you know if you if you've ever had a moment where like a kind of another dog seems like it's going to attack your dog or whatever, and and there's this kind of like weird fear protection response mm -hmm. that your body gets like that scene isn't fun like it's really kind of scary and they really seem like they're like injuring each other and yes. stuff and it's like it's one of the ways that the game is kind of like the the setup is very kind of almost a kid movie fairy tale ish uh -huh. thing but like it takes itself so seriously that when bad things happen, it's like something really bad might happen here. And it just gets you like very scared while you're playing it. Yes. I f uh, that's only like a little preview too, for what comes at the very, basically mm -hmm. the very end of the game, which, Oh, just, just ripped my heart out even more. Um, Courtney, did you have any thoughts about this? Like this, I, I was going to say you were like right on the money where like you're like that experience of like taking your dog out and you don't know. Like I was just thinking of the first couple of times I took my dog to like the dog park <laughs> um, <laughs> and like I had adopted my dog when she was five and she's a pit bull boxer mix. So she's like, you know, these two breeds that are known for being like kind of aggressive and like just yeah, just it's so funny how like the video game made me feel that way where i was like oh, i understand like 
just like complicated where you're like and it also brings up these questions that like there's these world building questions and like the like these like okay why like yeah like why trico what's going on with these these other dogs like it's just so uh, yeah it's just great storytelling it's just such good storytelling that like really hooks you in and like says so much without like spelling stuff out for you um yeah sorry that was my that's what i wanted to add hey no apologies necessary um it halfway through the game in fact as you're as you're talking about we we're talking about the story a little bit i or a little more than halfway i suddenly was like wait how did this story start or like what is happening here and then kind of exactly at that point there's a bit of a flashback of when you actually find out how you get to this you being the boy how you get to this uh mysterious era area and how everything was set up and i think just to sort of tie it back to this this one bullet point that I initially brought up was I it that is what really made me feel for the other the other Tricos, I guess is how I'll say it, is knowing where Trico came from and that he was the exact same as these other creatures you are fearful of and protective over him of. Uh yeah. Um and we could even get into like what happens there. You see a flashback in this game of you, the boy, sleeping in your hut, in your village. There's plenty of other children there. And the and Trico swallows you and, and takes you away. And and the village really gets in an uproar over it because they have a child being stolen from them. It, it feels, yeah, it feels like a kind of, you know, when you'd hear myths about like, oh, you know, any any number of like you know chupacabra comes and yeah. steals children or something you know and they're living in a world where it's like yeah that just happens you know like yeah. we know that that these griffin things are out there and do want to take our kids uh and then and then it happens like he takes him yeah if it, it's funny because it also answers some questions that i had throughout the game because there are a couple moments before that where and I think I think even the moment leading into this flashback, you are for the second or third time swallowed by Trico. And after each time, it would kind of be like, wait, was that a dream? How did this happen? And then you, you know, you see it eventually plays out and you see that, oh, he sort of spits you up in this like uh, bubble sort of thing that you, I guess, are, are totally fine in. Oh, well, I guess we do find out why that's happening. Gosh, that. That was the most surprising part of the whole game for me. Um, but yeah, it's just, it was so interesting. And uh, the whole idea of, of nature versus, I guess, society is the way I'll put it. Um, that just had me, that just had me thinking about all that. Yeah, I mean, my kind of, my my high level take on the game is is it's almost about, I mean, if you think about the kind of, what what the tricos are doing and like the other ones that it's like that whole that whole place that you are for the game which mm-hmm. is called like the nest which is this big hollow mountain it's like it's got a bunch of old crumbling structures in it mm-hmm. and then it's got this one giant perfect white tower in the middle which is clearly kind of like a different like it doesn't look like it was built at the same time yeah. and and you find out that that tower is effectively controlling and and making you know kind of brainwashing or or making evil all of the other tricos and they're attacking you not just because like it is in their nature to attack but because they all have this 
this brainwashing going on yeah. and your Trico was like struck by lightning or something, mm-hmm. right? Something that kind of like short circuited it. Um, I think so. And so it, it feels, it feels almost like a story about colonization or maybe just like control or something, but it's like, clearly there is this, this hostile foreign entity that moved into the nest and just started like making them do bad stuff in a way that feels like, against their will and then when you when you ultimately kind of destroy that thing at the end of the game i guess they kind of regain control but you also just see them all like drop out of the sky in a in a way that's kind of horrifying it's like it's a very again it's like it's subverting it's kind of simplistic fairy tale seeming storytelling by like just throwing in some really dark stuff yeah and some stuff that I didn't expect. You, you get little glimpses throughout the game and of these sort of remote, like, mainframe centers that sort of set Trico off a couple times. I think, in fact, those are both the times that he swallows you. Is mm-hmm. you enter one of, uh, like, a small little cage with all of these, like, how do, just a cage that has clearly this coloration, uh, colorization uh, that is similar to what you find at the end of the game of that, like, main... I want to call it a computer. It's like a, a whatever it is. Yeah, it's like a blob. Yes, uh, <laughs> the the best computer of all, a blob. Um, but that sets him off a couple times. So I, but I still didn't expect to find something like that at the end of the game. And yeah, like you said, uh, it's it seems like they all pass away when that happens, or that because they just fall from the sky. Yeah, though I guess, you know, if if we take the beginning as canon or whatever, it's like it's Trico kind of falls out of the sky, but then survives and is like un unbrainwashed. Yes. But, you know, but was injured from that fall. So, yeah, it's not it doesn't give you like a happily ever after. It's like, well, the 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 series of control has been broken. Who knows what happens now? Yeah. Um. Yeah, the most I guess we get is at the very, very end, just like a little glimpse of like potent, like promise, I guess, or like hope. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, that was just so, so nuts. Um, and how the whole world and environment seems to, including like these statues that are chasing you throughout the game, are serving this sort of mainframe. I think it's called the Master of the Valley, um, if I remember correctly. Um, and so much of these things like those another thing that i was thinking of of was these statues throughout the game which are truly there to just bring you into uh to like kidnap you and bring you into a little door which i assume leads to the master of the valley or something they like they that. turn you into a, a goo barrel yes uh <laughs> goo barrel <laughs> um they they created such a sense of urgency in this game that anytime i saw those things either cuz there's sometimes you see them and they haven't woken up or noticed you yet. And you know that as soon as you go into this area, they're going to become sentient or wake up and chase after you. Um, so whether it's the moment before or when you're being chased, it's just those things are very scary to me. And just like I, uh, there were the moments with them because they they are they pick you up, they carry you. They try to take you away, and the only way that you can get loose is uh, is by just, like, mashing the buttons, which I was also surprised by and, and couldn't believe how much that felt like an actual struggle of just yeah, getting like out. Yeah, like a There's panic. There's no rhyme or reason. Yeah. Oh, yeah. no. I, I, I think, like, 
I for, I forgot about that. Yeah, like just like you just have to panic. You just like you. It's like if you were actually taken, it's kind of just like scratching and clawing and do whatever you can to like wiggle free. So like again, that was just this weird like so like in like I don't know. It just felt like they really under they were like, how can we make this feel as like panicky as possible? Um, but yeah, those statues were terrifying. <laughs> They're so scary. Get them out of here. Um, I like that and it's kind of it's another thing that certainly in eco you feel like this where it's like the the boy that you're playing as isn't like particularly you know he's not like hyper athletic yeah. it's not you know usually when you're controlling a video game character it's like oh I can I can run at 40 miles an hour and I can like <laughs> jump over a huge pit and he's like he's just kind of he has this like floppy little run and his yeah. jumps are like you know about how far i could jump probably Mm -hmm. and like yeah he's not he's not gonna fight off these statues with like kung fu moves (laughs) he just kind of flails around until they drop him uh which you know again it's like does it feel the best to play no but it like it puts you in his head really effectively definitely his little run or like when you land after not a very high jump he'll stumble um, or if you jump way too high, he can get sort of like injured for a time and and he limps around. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, that was something that that was another connection that I felt with Eco and Shadow as well. But in this game, it felt even more human because I, the, of the points you brought up was like, oh, you're not some super being here. You're just a kid. And outside of, I think, his ability to like... Uh, to catch on to every surface and like hold on to them uh yeah not a super athlete or anything like that um sort of in that in that vein too again like i'm sure as soon as i go and watch like i wanted to wait to watch like videos on this game because i just love after i play a game that i really connect with to like see what other people have to say i'm sure this is all out there but i was a very not i shouldn't have been surprised But this game so much to me felt like just, you know, pulling parts from these first two games of of, from Eco and Shadow to make this this game. And I'm assuming this is a thought many people have had and said before, but it feels like you are playing Eco, but instead of Yorda, the girl you are saving, you are riding a big, big horse from Shadow of the Colossus throughout the whole game. But mm-hmm. uh, I I still felt like such a uh, I st- I love that and felt such a connection to to that and it made for a unique style of uh, of game. Um, but uh, as far as like the puzzles go in general, because there's 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 a lot of puzzle solving in the game. Um, kind of like in those first two, I always felt like uh, like I knew I could push through and solve something. There was. There were two moments that I had to that I actually looked things up in this game because I was very stumped and didn't know if I was like just going about it fully the wrong way or if I wasn't considering another option for myself. Um, do you two have any thoughts about like the puzzles or the the gameplay itself? Um, I think that's part of the reason why I also liked this game so much is that it I love puzzles. I love sitting like just something where you can like sit and really consider something and look at it from a bunch of different angles. Like that's always been my favorite type of puzzle. Like Connor, you and I talked about this when I came on to talk about Myst. Um, I just like 
I like a puzzle for me automatically creates just like a hook. Um, mm. Like I can't uh, like and I yeah, I think that's that's part of why I liked this is like I would for sure get stuck on the puzzles. But that was for me just like, a, OK, we're going to set this down for a little bit. I'm going to go like have lunch, forget about it and then come back and then I'll, I'll solve it. Um, but yeah, for me, that's what made this game such like a, a part of what made this game such like a brain worm. Mm-hmm. Um, and like why I liked it so much is because it felt very puzzle heavy as opposed to maybe like a uh, coordinated like con like conflict and uh yeah like again like i you could sit and like actually take your time and think through things and that was that's more where i am when it comes to to gaming um i don't remember i think i was very stubborn about not looking things up um yes uh it was you know i I think i played this like the year it came out so it's been a minute but i very specifically was like no i'm going to (laughs) like i can figure out this puzzle um yes but yeah, I, uh, I I liked it. Oh, hold on one yeah. second. I'm going to... Sorry. Um, I I agree on the the puzzle front. I, I think the... The frustrating thing that sometimes happens is not with the actual, like, solution of the puzzles, but just, like, the the times that I looked something up, because it's like, I'm I'm fairly quick to use a walkthrough. I, I just, like... You know, I, I don't, I don't need to beat my head against a game. Yes. Um, but like, there would be times where I ultimately had the right solution, but didn't know I had the right solution because yes. it was contingent on Trico just doing something. <laughs> where it's like, there's, there's one specific one where there's a gate. And Trico pulls a chain to open the gate, and then you have to like shove something under it to keep it yes. open. Mm-hmm. And but but what's just so strange about that puzzle is like Trico just like messes with the chain for so long yeah. before pulling it enough that you can fit the thing under. And I was like, am I not like why is like Trico's clearly like he wants to bite the chain and he's kind of jerking it around, but he's not pulling it to the extent that i need to and i was like there must be something i'm doing wrong and the answer was like no you just gotta wait until he does so that's what okay that's probably one of the that sounds really familiar um or you know it's like you can kind of give him instructions yes by like pointing but it's never super clear if those help or if it's just kind of like a placebo effect Yeah, I do. I do think when it came to like solving the puzzles, uh, some of them, it was like, okay, was that, was I just doing something slightly different this time around? Or, you know, like, like, what did I do differently? And then it was like, okay, I've just been on this for so long. I'm not going to overthink it. Uh, But again, I think with me and gaming, it was just sort of like, um, I usually, if something didn't feel completely smooth, I just assumed it was like my own fault because I was like, I don't know. I don't, I'm not like the best at gaming. So uh, I don't think I ever blamed. I was like, well, they should have done this or this was unclear. I was like, I don't know. I probably just missed something. Yeah. For for me, it. I think, you know, having played each of the first two games and Eco, I would describe as being a lot more puzzle based than, than Shadow. And that's probably true. Mm-hmm. Um it was helpful because I knew I felt like I was familiar with the style of puzzle that I would be getting into with this one. And I, and thankfully that ended up ringing very true for me. Um, knowing that 
I would be able to do the puzzle. Everything that I would need is in this room. And in fact, I probably don't need very much. It's probably a lot more simple than I'm making it. So thankfully that was helpful. But yeah, in a moment like you're describing, Jacob, because I remember that area, um, that is probably a combination of like the nature of the of this beast again, of like, oh, we gave it a sort of a personality or like a, a sense of being. So I wonder if people experience that in different spots. Like mm-hmm. what you're describing happened to me in an area I was previewing earlier where you, I think it's after you escape captivity where you are like, you're in that cage and that other Trico is going to get you or something like that, but it leaves for whatever reason. Um, after you escape and you and Trico basically get to another exit out into the nest where you can see the sky and everything, it was, I was just in a very simple spot where there was kind of a crack in the wall that I could go down to one area, but the, the platform was right above us. And I must have been on Trico for five minutes, just standing and marching and pointing as he as the boy does. And it just, he kept getting distracted. There was no food, because sometimes Trico will need to get his uh, his yummy snack goo barrel uh, to in order to progress through an area, but there were no barrels around. So it was just a moment where I thought, I think that that's what was going on, and I wonder if everyone had that moment or moments in different spaces. Uh, yeah, just like sometimes there are just a sequence of like columns that you need to jump to, and he kind of like turns around and hops back like yes. halfway through <laughs> for reasons kind of unknown. Yes. Yeah. Uh, oh, I remember. I remember that clearly. Uh, but again, it's it's this is actually very nice to hear other people. Uh, had issues with that because I was just like, what am I doing wrong? Um, so yeah, I feel good in the presence of two people who play a lot of games who also struggle with that. <laughs> oh yeah. You're not alone. Yeah, definitely. Um, and there are also, I mean, like some of those, you know, the, the kind of combat sections, especially towards the end, they get a little longer mm. and you have so little agency that, it's it's like you just kind of have to run around and wait for Trico to like smack all the pieces of armor. Yes. And it's like I, I, I don't know, you know, Trico Trico will get to these pieces of armor when he feels like it and not before. Totally. Yeah, it's funny to see him sometimes like swat them or he'll like he'll stamp them. Uh I did it was something they I think introduced to you at a certain point is that you can uh, push them you can shove them and mm-hmm. other objects in the game so i would try so so much to just contribute a little bit and like push one off a, off a ledge but if i could especially the mirrored ones who would have like those me- like the mirrors or the eye yeah. symbol um that he is very very afraid of um i wonder that's something that's not like fully explained but i'm sure you could like or maybe it is fully explained why he's fearful of them. I'm sure it's some like indoctrinating that they go through. Yeah, yeah, because you have I mean, but it's like even even then, even with the frustrating moments, they then use that frustration to give you kind of the most cathartic moments. So because it's like Trico is like scared of like these stained glass eyes for the whole time. And then towards the end, you're like being kidnapped by a bunch of guards with stained glass eyes. And and Trico just like kind of overcomes his own fear and like jumps and and smacks him all away and it's such a victorious moment yes. because like you have spent so much time dealing with him being scared that then 
you know it, it, it feels in that weird way that like being a pet parent feels like being a, a child parent yeah. of like you overcame your fear you did it yes it, that moment specifically as it was playing out i was just like wait a second like i don't see any other way out if he doesn't do something i think i i screwed myself i shouldn't gone over here and mm-hmm. then Yes, when he saves you, and I was like, he did it for me. I felt such a closeness to the character, and I think that's when my girlfriend was a little embarrassed there. She was <laughs> like, you're playing, a, you know you're playing a game, right? Uh, uh, no, she's very sweet and understanding, but I just was so, that was one of like a series for me of escalating moments near the end of the game that I just kept being like, almost like, like I was saying, overcome with emotion and connection to this character. Um so much uh and i love that your cat is giving us just a full it's like we don't see a trico but we've got a little trico back there sort of interacting with the world um but yeah anyway you you had made a great point about uh sort of connecting with a cathartic moment there of him overcoming that even if the whole it's not exactly laid out for us what the heck these why they're so scared of these uh i these eye like symbols yeah i mean it's like you know why is my dog scared of people with hats i don't know yes. like it's just <laughs> yeah, sometimes, yeah. sometimes you just don't understand something happened before i met you uh yeah. and now i know i just have to when somebody's coming at you with a hat we got across the street you know i've been saying it for a long time a lot of big a lot of men with a uh, mean men with big hats out there um <laughs> so so beware uh that's funny my parents dog also hates that's really Um, my dog hates it when uh somebody's walking in the street like if we're walking on the sidewalk and someone's like walking around in the street it like freaks her out and she barks at them uh mm. and it's i just don't i don't understand like what happened to you babe yeah she could tell me yeah oh gosh uh what's your dog's name courtney rosie rosie that's right i know you've told me that a couple times uh so thank you for the reminder it's important that i catalog these we've got rosie (laughs) and tori and uh and Daphne's over here who's a cat um but so here's here's something that I wanted to bring up that's there was more of just like something that I had in my experience was there's plenty of uh phenomenal uh like I guess action or athletic sequences that Trico does whether it be hopping from uh pedestal to pedestal or running across like a a platform that is crumbling as you're doing it um some of those big action moments were so fun for me and I found myself trying to make them more fun by like you know it'd be fun to jump off a platform and try to like catch Trico as you're just careening towards the ground um did you two do anything like this or was this just a thing I was doing of making it a little more action fun for myself I definitely I would try to like be on his head You know, in Mm -hmm. in the kind of like, like I kept picturing like the kid from the never ending story on that dragon. (laughs) You know, it's like that's the position because it's like you could have those big action sequences happen when you're like clinging to like his back leg. (laughs) But that always seemed a little kind of goofy. And so I wanted to be like up top. Yes. I was always trying to like, because in some of those moments, it's like sort of a last second grasp of getting on of climbing onto him before he leaps to whatever you are headed towards. Uh, so yeah, I would definitely try my best to just scurry up him and yeah, not be below him or just hanging off his tail. Cause you really get whipped around (laughs) as the boy, whether it be when you're actually conscious or I think near the end of the game, when you're not conscious and Trico is carrying you in his mouth, uh, 
like I think you're dangling by like your 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 outfit, whatever it is. Um, he really just get whipped around uh, and probably have some like concussions or something from that. Um, but that was just something I was thinking about is when I played the game was I had so much fun just trying to uh, just make those moments a little more unnecessarily cinematic, I guess is what I'm saying, when they do plenty of that for you. I mean, both of them just get hit so hard throughout yeah. the game. Like, like again, another, another one of the most, like, uh, victorious moments towards the ending is like for the whole time Trico has like had kind of broken wings or healing and like yeah. will fly a little bit but then not and and there's this big puzzle where you're like extending walkways to make yes. like a runway that that then he can like run and take off of and it's like oh my gosh Trico's flying and then you just like smash into the side <laughs> of that white tower so hard and even at the end when you're like flying out of the nest you don't like make it all the way out Trico like hits the lip of mm -hmm. the wall and it's just like they really kind of smack the characters in a around and you're so connected to them that like you ever have those things where you're just constantly saying like oof like when when you see <laughs> yes. it you know yeah. i was just like making sympathetic noises the whole time yeah it, it's just i mean this is actually really interesting because like now i'm thinking about where, where it's like oh it's so triumphant when he like comes like overcomes his like fear uh in order to save you and like i feel like normally that like uh, that excitement in a game or a movie or a show would happen at like the wings part, you know, like mm -hmm. he can finally fly. And I love that they took the, the like wings part and they're like, you know, he's still extremely clumsy. Um, <laughs> yeah. It's just like the part that like really matters where it's like the, that emotional growth uh, is more significant in this game than necessarily like, Oh, Trico's wings work. Definitely. Uh, it's just like you, you had brought um, when you were talking about the umph thing, Jacob, that made me think of like every time he would be in one of those moments, because there's plenty of them where he like barely makes it to a lip of like a surface. And it's like, if he falls, he's probably gone where I would, I found myself like, I felt like I was watching like Homeward Bound or something again for the first time as a kid, where I'd be like, come on, Trico, please. Like, and just really couldn't. It's like my body was like, he can't handle this animal going down. Oh my God. Fully. Yeah. I wouldn't be um, I, able to handle it. Yeah. <laughs> I think one of one of the uh, a reason that like I really push people to finish this game whereas it's like it kind of you kind of know what it is in the first like hour of just like okay, mm -hmm. you get it. You know, this is a game where you're like walking around with with the pet. But like I feel like the middle I don't know how long this game is, like 9 hours or something, but it's like the middle section is a lot of like pretty quiet, just like solving puzzles, you know, sometimes a ruin crumbles or whatever. And then at the end, it goes so big in a way that you kind of, it's like playing the game, I was like, oh, they can't have like more than two Tricos on screen at the same time just because of like technical limitations yeah. or whatever. And so for, for you to kind of like be so emotionally connected and like get through all of this. And then the finale is like 30 of them attack him and you're like holding on to like a hostile one while it's like flying around the whole nest. Yeah. And then this, this thing that you alluded to Connor earlier, where it's like they rip Trico's tail off in, in just like this devastating moment. And it's really, 
it, it's a thing that I love when when games or any media does where it's like I did not know that it could do this like i yes. thought i kind of understood the rules of what i was playing and now it's like breaking those rules yes and when it does that like moments afterwards they start t- the, the 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 evil the hostile tricos start tugging on one of his feet in the same way and i was just like oh are they about to do this too i yeah, like, like i cannot just, emotionally handle what i think no, is about to happen I, i'm gonna turn off my television uh but yeah just it's it was just so so rough to see that and have it play out and just so i think that adds to the relief later when you know you escape and he gets you out of there and you're you're okay but well in in a sense you're knocked out for a while that kid probably had to recover for a few weeks in that village um uh yeah um there's there's probably um more details of the game that we could go over like i think for example, one thing that I forget about is you get this mirror very early in the game, which uh, you, if you aim it at certain things, uh, it, it lightning will shoot out of Trico's tail and it will destroy st- certain structures, which will allow you to progress. Um, there's probably even more things that the more things than just destroying structures that this tail does. Oh, you can destroy the when you get it back later you can destroy the statues mm-hmm. with it which is really i got like an achievement for that because i think i killed a certain amount of statues with the lightning right. um but there's a lot of little details of this game i'm sure we could discuss like that um but as we sort of you know are starting to round the corner and head towards uh the wrap-up of the show i do want to leave space open for us to share about anything we may have not gotten to share or if there's any like whether it be uh, a story beat or just a feeling we had or a whole aspect of the game that Connor didn't bring up. Um, so, uh, Courtney, I'll, I'll open it to you first. Oh man. Uh, okay. So it has, <laughs> been, it's been a listing. minute. It's been, yeah. no, it's been, it's just been a minute since I've played. Uh, and I tried not to watch any like, uh, like review videos. I just tried to like watch some gameplay. Um, so maybe I'm not the best person to start with. Cause like it's, I've had the, the best like little, like, memories pop up just from the two of you yes. talking about it. But yeah, my big I got I had a chance to talk about my two biggest things, which were the puzzles and just the fact that they did such a good job of creating this animal character that you connect to so quickly. Um mm-hmm. and I like all the like we brought up um what was the the boy's name from Never Ending Story. Like it did feel oh. a little bit like that. And it did like it felt like Is it Balthazar? Were, I don't remember well, that's not important uh, i'm sorry for interrupting the you. only name from never-ending story that i remember is uh oh my god i lost it well what's the name of the band um is there a band in that movie there's it's a so no there's a there's a band has a name that references the name oh, oh my god a tray you yes that's exactly it there we go I, I got self-conscious because I was like, Atreus? I've been playing God of War. Yeah, uh, right. <laughs> but it's Atreyu. Um, yeah, no, I think, like, I just, I connected so heavily with that bird cat dog. Um, yes. And just loved it so much. So, I don't know, maybe it's just a good time to tell everyone to go adopt an animal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> adopt, don't shop, people. Um, um, that's what we needed. Uh, Jacob, anything from you? Yeah, I mean, I... Uh, I, I adore the soundtrack of this game. Mm-hmm. I, I think it is it is so 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 beautiful. And I, I listen. I have like I have it. It's one of those like I have the 
vinyl you know copy of it which is very like artfully displayed and (laughs) whatever and it's like again like with the game itself it kind of holds back until those big moments and then it like really hits with the big moments and and uh just kind of delivers this uh, really beautiful theme um i one of my criticisms of the game but i like i'll couch it in something that i like is like i do really like that it's kind of the story has this interesting framing where like it starts when you are an adult and yes. you like find the mirror and then it's another thing that i love about this game is the opening credit sequence where it's all those like scientific illustrations of animals and they oh, kind of yeah. get like weirder and then it eventually lands on tree where you start with like a dog and like a pig and then and then it's like a dragon and then ultimately it's tree yeah. uh i think is so cool i don't love the narration i i don't like that the guy mm-hmm. will kind of be like i didn't know what the beast was doing but i figured i should follow it like i, I don't really think the game needs yeah. that but i really i do like that it is this kind of remembered story that like mm-hmm. you know ultimately you kind of it's like you're you are maybe hearing this from him as an adult and so you can kind of imagine that like maybe he doesn't remember the details of all of it perfectly or something like it again it lends to it feeling a little like a like a fable or a fairy tale or something because you're kind of you're not experiencing it as it happens you're experiencing it as a memory yes uh i love that framing too and i can't believe it we didn't bring it up until the tail end so thank you for bringing that up i should have framed this podcast as uh, me in the future talking about the time i talked to uh, jacob and courtney <laughs> about how great it was um but uh that was right there in front of me um but yeah i do like that i like the framing a lot too i the opening screen of the game before you start i think before you even press start to like begin a playthrough is the mirror uh clearly like half buried in the ground Mm -hmm. and at the very end of the game of course there's a few of the children from the village who discover it and then of course a tattooed man which of which of course is the boy shows up and you're like oh so this is how it starts yeah it's a great thing of like you're like i don't i don't understand what this is like what i'm looking at at the beginning and then you finish it and you're like oh all the you know all the kind of poignance of the plot comes back totally you even spend a decent amount of time of of the game it disappears midway through but with the mirror that you have that you're using but it looks so smooth that yeah i would have never guessed it was that thing in the ground um and i totally forgot about yeah the beginning of the game with those sort of like uh i don't I don't know what kind of book they would be in, whether it's like an, it's not an almanac, but like some sort of very scientifically accurate or scientifically based book of these animals that you are seeing at the beginning. Um, Very interesting. Uh, Yeah, this game, I was just, ended up just being so pleased at, it's not that I was worried because I I just love the first two games that Fumito Ueda made of eco and shadow that I was just so hopeful that this would be good or that I would at least just connect with it. And I ended up connecting with it in a very significant way. And like, I'm not one who, who it's not like I've never cried before. I cry on occasion. I get a few good cries in every year. I'm an emotional person. Things will spark the old tear ducts. But at the end of this game, like I had 
mentioned to I texted Courtney Wednesday night and was like, I just finished The Last Guardian and I've just been crying. But it really brought so much emotion out of me. Uh, like I've I've cried watch playing games before, but like this was like unlike something I had really ever felt. And I think it's probably a testament to the connection that they have you feel with Trico. Um, and I was just so uh, so surprised by it and so glad that it lived up to whatever weird expectation I had built in my head. And now I'm in this place where I'm like, gosh, I really want something else from this guy. Like, what could he be working on? Like, what will we see next? And it feels silly to sort of even speculate on what that could be. But I'll just say this. I hope to play another game from Fumito Ueda, and I would assume we would at some point. Has there been anything out there that he is like anything said that he's actually developing a game or anything that we know there have been some teases where it's like just like an image on a website of like very fumitu ueda looking things of like yes. the foot of a big thing and then like a, a sleeping a girl or something oh. but it's like nothing that that was i mean i think that was literally four years ago okay and there's been nothing since um and japan studio was which was like the publisher has been yes. shut down um but gen design hasn't i don't it's like i don't know i clearly he just yeah. takes a really long time to do exactly the thing that he wants and probably my guess is he learned the lesson from the last guardian of like don't show this you know, yes. until you're pretty sure that it's ready. <laughs> totally. Uh, so uh, I, I predict that it'll be a while. Yeah. Well, I'll look forward to it either way. Um, just yeah, sort of. I look we... forward. Oh, sorry. I was going to say, I no, look forward no, to finally diving into Shadow of the Colossus. I think Ooh. this might be the thing that I finally think, Courtney, I think you it. should try Eco actually first, oh, just because Eco, that right. game is, it's it's very puzzly, much more so than I Shadow of the puzzle. Colossus. And there's a little less like, reflexy stuff like Definitely. shadow of the colossus it's, it's like it's a very strange kind of fighting but you do have to do some like action stuff in there see, whereas yes. eco's mostly puzzles this see this is the, these are the kind of like notes i want before getting into a game yeah. like i love this recommendation very much uh and i i appreciate that okay i i will i have a christmas break and i'm gonna have to get my hands dirty you'll have to uh i don't know is is eco because Courtney, you could borrow it in a couple ways, uh, but I wonder. It, it used to be on PS Now, which I know PS Plus is its own bigger service that includes that. So I don't know if if you can't find it, Courtney, let me know because we'll have a couple Thank options you. for I you to play. I appreciate that. Um, yeah, great. it's it, they've released that like remastered collection on the PS3 mm-hmm. of Shadow of the Colossus and Eco. I mean, I. PS2 emulation is honestly very easy. That's yeah. probably the the route that I would take. Uh, but yeah, it's there. There are ways to get to it. Um, so so Courtney, we'll be we'll I'll shepherd you through this process if you Thank need you. any help. But uh, let us I know. You'll, you'll have to update both of us on what you think about that game, and then eventually Shadow. I played it in the. I played it in two one three order. If that makes any sense, strangely these games shadow first eco and then the last guardian um but anyway not important 
Uh, as we head out today, I do just want to leave some space before we plug um, if uh, anyone wants to put a bow on just what this game, uh, their thoughts on this game or what it means to them. Um, Jacob, uh, first time on the show, so I'll, I'll leave it to you first. If you were to put a bow on just like whatever space this game holds for you, I'd love to hear that. Yeah, I mean, I guess it's just ultimately I feel like it's, a, you know, one of those proofs that like a game cannot be capital F fun and still be really, really meaningful and important and kind yeah. of like rank among your favorite games where it's like, you know, I don't really want other games to play like this game yeah. necessarily but like i don't care you know it's i don't care that the boys jump is a little weird or that that controlling trico is frustrating you know like that's it just it it is it, it's its sights are aimed so much higher than just like being fun to play and i respect it so much for that awesome uh well thank you uh courtney did you have any last things you want to say or a bow you wanted to put yeah, on yeah i guess i would just say that um you know at the beginning of this conversation we were talking about you know we sort of talked about like video games as art and for me this was definitely like the art of storytelling and the art of like experience where i really felt like in in the story and like now looking back you know i must have played it like five or six years ago uh looking back at when i think about my experience with it having not you know having had a separation of of time i i just remembered like uh the emotions that it brought up like those are the long lasting effects like the fact that mm -hmm. i was like very touched the fact that i remember uh like it just being like an, an earworm i remember like my relationship with with trico so much and it's been great chatting with both of you because i'm like oh right the little the soldiers and oh my god the tail part uh and uh yeah. And so, yeah, this, I think, was just, like, such a feat in, like, really understanding human emotion and human connection. Um, and I am, I do feel good knowing that other people struggled, like, weren't in love with, like, the gameplay itself. But that really wasn't what this game was about. Um, and I just, I recommend it to anyone who has a heart. And if you don't, don't play it. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Um, Thank you, Courtney. Yeah, for me, thankfully, I've gotten to share so much with the two of you about about what this game ended up meaning to me, uh, being such a fresh playthrough. It's so, like, I'm, I'm almost a little sad that I have played this game because for so long it was like, this is the final piece of, of what the three games that this guy has made that I really connected with. So I'm so happy to be here. Um, and I just, yeah, the, the lasting thing for me was just, was a little bit of the storytelling and how... You, there are a handful of cutscenes throughout this game, but a lot of the story outside of what the narrator is occasionally telling you or just telling you how to solve a puzzle because uh, your name's Connor and you've been taking too long on it. Um, but so much of that is the relationship that you as the boy have with Trico that was definitely the most lasting special thing for me um, and how I would try to personalize it. Like we talked about the barrels that you feed him as snacks throughout the game. Um, and I would tr do my best to try to like toss it to him so he could catch it. And sometimes he would catch it, but other times it would like bonk off his face or he Oh, would... he feels so terrible. <laughs> so bad because he kind of will make a little, a big groan or, or make a noise. And whether it be moments like that or the, the other moments of connection that you could build, whether it's intentional through the game or something that you can do yourself, I just thought was so special. And I don't, 
I'm hard pressed to think of other really strong examples in games where that has been like my, like the thing that kept bringing me back to it. Um, and the other parts of the game I really, I liked and it was so fun. I just kept wanting to press on. So yeah, also hard recommend if, if you have a heart, try this game out. Um, but that'll go ahead and uh, do it for our discussion today on The Last Guardian. That's co-op episode number 29 wrapped up uh, in a nice little present. Uh, we did our, I guess we did our Christmas shopping early or, or holiday <laughs> shopping, whatever. Then th- this is it. Um, so thank you to everyone who is listening to the show and to uh, the two of you for guesting on this with me. This was so much fun to just take a part of a morning here to chat with both of you. Um, but as we head out, I'd love to leave some time for plugs or any way that people can support you. So, Courtney, thanks again for being back, my friend. I'm sure I'll see you sometime soon. But what do you want to plug? How can people support you? Oh, my gosh. Um, Okay, well, occasionally I stream on Twitch. Uh, I haven't done it in a minute, but I plan to do it. Uh, So, again, that's uh, twitch.tv slash Courtenberry. And I'm still on Twitter. So that's uh, you can find me at cvineys, V-I-N-E-Y-S, if you want to say hi and hear my hot hot takes which are usually very positive (laughs) (laughs) the most hot positive takes in the world real Uh, nice (laughs) well thanks again for being here courtney um jacob geller how about yourself thank you for being here and what do you want to plug how can people support you uh yeah i mean you can you can watch my videos on uh youtube here's a surprise i have a video on the last guardian um that that now you can watch connor because oh, you've, wow. uh, you've finished <laughs> discussing it uh that you can i mean it's like if you just type in jacob geller uh into youtube i will come up and if you yes. type in jacob geller the last guardian you can follow me there uh, i have a patreon you know you can support if you want but also listen to the the podcast min max it's just a very a very very kind of fun friendly show where we talk about modern games and answer questions and do all that. So if you like if you like kind of the casual friends hanging out vibe of this show, uh, you'll probably like that one as well. It's a you're I've seen some some of the videos on your channel. Those are so great. Now I get to watch this one as just a present for myself. I'll go probably watch it and and tear up in the living room right after as soon as we're done. Um, and then, yeah, Min Max, I mean, that's one of the ways that I, uh, had known your personality a little, a little bit at least is that, yeah, it's such a fun, uh, fun environment. Some of my favorite, I think the thing that I really like about Min Max more than a lot of the other shows where there's a lot of people who are in games media is that I just like the people so much. I mean, yeah, the substance of the conversation actually, ha- I prefer it to most shows anyway, but the people are great. No, so. it's a good, it's a good squad. Um, so yeah, we'll put a link in the show notes there. Um, so thank you both again. I'll go ahead and just, uh, close this out with some plugs of my own. Um, first and foremost, I want to thank, uh, all of our patrons, uh, over at super NPC radio. So thank you so much for supporting us. Um, this is, you know, normally something that you get in your feed at the $10 DJ toad tier, uh, as one of your big ticket items for every month. Um, but yeah, this one is going out to everyone. Uh, so thank you to everyone who listened. Uh, but I do want to shout out our $10 DJ toad tier supporters as an extra thank you on this, uh, this public episode. So thank you to Bobo Tabodi, Seth Roberts, Chaz Cheeto, Burnt Pop-Tarts, Eddie Martin, David Danella, Derek Fushino, Darren Lau, Nathan Edwards, Gabe Valdez, Benjamin Hall, Tyler Dather, and Mauricio Diosis. Um, I have been your host for this episode, 
Connor McCabe. Uh, if you want to find me, uh, you can listen to the regular version of this show that you can find in your feed every week on Wednesdays, um, where, again, like I said before, it'll be more of an intimate interview with one person at a time. Um, so thank you for listening. I'm on Twitter and Instagram at Connor underscore McCabe. And yeah, I also stream sometimes uh, at twitch.tv slash consiscool69. Um, that's C-O-N-Z. And this coming Tuesday, we're going to have uh, our final Movember stream of the month where we've been raising uh, money for Zero, the End of Prostate Cancer, and Awareness for Men's Health Issues. So if you want to uh, come watch me and some friends from this network uh, play Mario Party 2, thankfully for the final time this month, we'll be there Tuesday. Uh, check our socials to see what time. But that'll do it for this episode of the Call Me By Your Game co-op series. We will see you on the next one. <laughs>